0: Nine
1: two five three seven seven
2: star. You have a plan for your life, you've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding star style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to New books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never
1: say never. Live
3: your dreams. Never say never at Star Style Be The Star You Are Jamais De Jamais Hello and welcome power partners to our informational playground This is Star Style Be The Star You Are We are brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be The Star You Are 501c3 charity and I am your host and personal growth consultant for today My name is Cynthia Bryan and you are listening to the Voice America Network We're on the empowerment channel We want to catapult you to the stars and Hope that you know that you have everything you need to be the writer, producer, and star of your own life. We have a very fun show for you this week, as we do every week, because we're going to start off with enthusiasm. Why is enthusiasm contagious? What puts a bounce in your step? What makes you bubble over like champagne? Enthusiasm is really the key to so many things, so we're going to talk about that in our second segment we want to talk about the pitfalls of running a family business, and also the triumphs and the joys of running a family business, and how you can keep the dynamics cohesive, and you know more like uh, like fantastic union, other than dynamite. So it's how to be collaborative and find that balance instead of competition, and then finally, we're going to talk about reviews, these negative reviews that we get on social networks or social medias and how we should respond both personally and in a business sense because, you know, there are just people out there that just want to get your goat and they're going to just keep going until they do. So we have to learn to do this correctly. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. Collecting right now for uh, Operation Disaster Relief, please visit btsya.org for more information on how you can help because it's really horrible when there are fires and floods and tornadoes and earthquakes and all of this, and this is what Be the Star You Are. We're right at the forefront of trying to get uh, resources to people in need. This is from Alan Cohen. When you are whole, you are home. And I found that quote especially compelling for today. When you are whole, you are home. Because it has been many, many months for me that uh, my house had to be under reconstruction because of a flood. And the words used by the insurance company and contractor and everyone was, we want to make you whole again. And, you know, you wonder, can it ever be, and this is why my heart goes out to anyone who's lost their home in a flood or a fire or anything, because I know how challenging it is to be out of your home and to feel homeless. And this quote, when it came across my desk from Ellen, I thought, wow, this is speaking, speaking to my heart, because when you do feel that you are whole, you feel like you have everything. Well, we're going to get right to uh, the gift of enthusiasm. As you know, from uh, time to time, I do chapters from my book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. This book has changed the lives of so many people. I get emails literally every day from people telling me what it's meant to them and how they opened the book to exactly the words that they needed for that day. And I don't know how it works, but... I always think it was divinely inspired. In any case, it is my heart book, and I really do feel something magical happens when you read it. If you are interested in a copy, the money goes to the charity, Be the Star You Are, and you can go to starstyleradio.net and click on the store. You can also find the book at, um, at my website, and that is style. Dot com, but to give the money to the charity, just go to starstyleradio.net forward slash store So this is the gift of enthusiasm. I am the CEO, the chief enthusiasm officer of my organizations and companies. It's difficult for me to contain my enthusiasm. I love life. I enjoy it to the fullest. I think of failure as fertilizer and fertilizer is what helps gardeners grow. I delight in the process of life's growth and discoveries. When I was in my early 20s, I planned a trip to Ireland to visit my pen pal, Nora. My friend, Father Patrick McGrath, who led the local youth program with me when I was a teenager, asked me to go visit his family in Limerick. He spoke so often of his parents and brothers and of their big farm that I was really, really eager to meet everyone. Well, in Limerick, the McGraw family greeted me warmly. While we were having tea, Mrs. McGraw said, Well, Pat has told us that you are a sunshine in a body. I mean, that kind of sounded odd, but that's how they described the enthusiasm. He just called me sunshine. And that I was bubbly like champagne. And then she went on to say, Now that we've met you, we understand how the two of you have accomplished so much with the teenagers in so little time. I was very honored to hear these words, and I thanked her for the lovely compliment. Father Pat's brothers, Tom and Anthony, excused themselves to do the evening milking. I offered to help. You see, they had milk cows, and I grew up on a cattle ranch. Well, if you don't mind getting dirty, Anthony said with his Irish lilt, we can use all the extra hands available. Dirt, I laughed. I grew up covered in dirt. We called it clean dirt on our farm, and that's why I'm so healthy. So they handed me a pair of old rubber boots, and off we went to the barns. Now, on our ranch in California, as I said, we raised cattle. We didn't raise dairy cows. Now, some neighbors did have a few milking cows, and I'd helped them out a few times, but milking was definitely not my strongest skill. Tom gave me a few quick pointers on their cows. I sat down enthusiastically on the stool, and I grabbed the first bucket. I put it under the cow, I nestled up to her belly, and I started milking. We were having a grand time, working side by side, talking about Father Pat, what he was like as a child, his move to America. And as we finished milking one cow, we would just move on to the next. I felt right at home in the barn with the boys. I was so busy enjoying the process that I didn't notice when a stray cow backed up to me. She lifted her tail, and you're probably guessing it, yes, she defecated on my head, accompanying the act with a booming moo. Well, I was so startled that I jumped up screaming. The men stood frozen, not knowing what to do. Then I started laughing. That kind of broke the ice, and we all started laughing. I couldn't believe it. I had flown halfway around the world to visit the family of my best friend in California, and his cow had just pooped on my head. While Tom and Anthony shooed the offensive of cow away, they led me back to the farmhouse. Now, excrement was dripping from my long blonde curls, and the smell was—well, let's just say you can imagine. <laughs> uh, Mrs. McGraw took one look and she cried, "Ah, boys, Bessie didn't take a fancy to the new girl in the barn, did she?" And she began cleaning me up with a rag. I just I said to her, "Well, thanks, but can I just take a quick shower?" I mean, the brothers had invited me to go to a dance that evening. Ah, no, darling, we have no shower, she replied. "Uh, Well, then may I take a bath instead? Ah, no, it's not bathing day. We'll just warm up the tea kettle and you'll be as grand as before. So Tom, Anthony, and I went to the dance and had an absolutely outrageously wild fun time. The fertilizer in my hair made me an instant success with my new country friends. I could have chosen to be angry, frustrated, or depressed, or go back to America to take my shower. But instead, I chose to accept, be lively, and laugh with poop on my head. The next day, I was cheerfully back to milking, but I kept an eye out on Bessie. I mean, she did, obviously, finally accept me. My cheerful reaction to this incident and my enthusiasm for more adventures on the farm endeared me to the McGrath family forever. I was adopted as one of their clan. Of course, you've never seen anyone more looking forward to bathing day than this enthusiastic California girl who loved clean dirt. (laughs) The word enthusiasm comes from the Greek entheos, which actually means God within or in God. So when you let yourself be possessed by enthusiasm, You radiate buoyancy, liveliness, and a warmth, just like the sun. So sunshine is another great word for enthusiasm. Enthusiasm lets you bounce back and keep on going, regardless of circumstances. Now, everyone has a God within, but some people suppress that bright star burning inside them. Achilles, the great Greek dramatist, proclaimed, When a man is willing and eager, God joins in. Well, other people join in, too. So we want you to let your own enthusiasm bubble over. Give yourself permission to risk being wild, crazy, playful, fun-loving. Laugh, be goofy, make mistakes, fall down. Anything great that has ever been accomplished was done without someone being enthusiastic. So be enthusiastic. And perhaps stay away from milking cows that don't know you. Now, there's an exercise that I do in all my acting classes and media classes and actually anything I teach. It is called I Am the Greatest. Now, you can do this exercise alone, but it is so much more fun when you do it with a small group. For a group, everyone can join hands and send a positive squeeze around the group. If you're alone, you can clap your hands overhead in a victory gesture. Then take like a deep breath, throw your arms up in the air, pound your chest, and yell. I am the greatest. Do this three times and really mean it. Feel that empowerment. And from now on, after you finish each chapter, pound your chest and shout, I am the greatest. So ask yourself, what makes you feel that God within you? What puts a bounce in your step? What helps you bubble over like champagne? And write down the first answers that come to your mind. Because enthusiasm is contagious and it is your God-given gift. Pop the cork and let yourself bubble like champagne and you too can become your own chief enthusiasm officer. And for more stories like that that are fun and inspiring, visit StarStyleRadio.net and go to the StarStyle store and remember that you are making a donation. The other thing that I was going to in talking about uh, enthusiasm today, I dug out a few of my absolute favorite poems of all time. That these are again poems that I live by and I often like to copy them and give them out at my presentations and hopefully people enjoy them as much as I do and can take them home and you know and work with them. But I'm going to uh, read a couple of them to you right now because uh, to me, uh, without some words to live by, just like the miracle moment, sometimes we just tend to fall by the wayside and start thinking that life is t- too tough for us to go on when really uh, everyone has challenges and it's not what happens to us that matters, it's how we respond. So I want to give you some, uh, some tools that you can respond positively. Well, many of you, if you grew up in the 60s or 70s, you remember the wonderful *Deserada*, And this is one that I have always kept on my desk. And to me, it, it really signals um, so many of the virtues that we really need to embrace. This one is *Deserada*. Go placidly amid the noise and haste and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly. And listen to others, even the dull, the ignorant, because they too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexations to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain and bitter. For always, there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Be interested in your own career, however humble, because it is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for higher ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself. Especially do not feign affection. Neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune, but do not distress yourself with imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not it is clear to you, no doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be, and whatever your labors and aspirations in that noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul. With all its sham, drudgery, and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be careful and strive to be happy. When I reread this the other day in preparing um, this radio show, I thought how, how clear this was and how without even knowing it, my book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference, had touted so many of what is said in Deserata. So whether it was that I'd read it years before and loved it and it just went into my soul or it just came through, I do not know. But in any case, I really think that that is a very valuable lesson to learn. So if you wanted to get a copy, you can either email me, Cynthia, at star-style.com. Or feel free to just check it out on um, perhaps the Internet. I'm sure, I'm sure it is going to be there somewhere. So Deserata was it. I have one last one before we go to break, and this was by Saxon White Kessinger, and it's called The Indispensable Man, and I do think that this is something that we really need to think about because sometimes we get on our high horses. This was actually written in 1959, and I don't think it could be said any better. Sometime when you're feeling important, sometime when your ego's in bloom, sometime when you take it for granted you're the best qualified in the room... Sometime when you feel that you're going would leave an unfillable hole, just follow these simple instructions and see how they'll humble your soul. Take a bucket and fill it with water. Put your hand in it up to the wrist. Pull it out and the hole that's remaining is a measure of how you'll be missed. You can splash all you wish when you enter. You may stir up the water galore, but stop and you'll find that in no time it looks quite the same as before. The moral of this quaint example is do just the best that you can. Be proud of yourself. But remember, there is no indispensable man. And with that, I do hope that you will be the CEO, Chief Enthusiasm Officer of your own life. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And this is the Empowerment Channel. Don't go away. I'll be back with more.
1: Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you
4: are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
2: Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts. as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: Such fun being
3: with you here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you for joining me every week, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m., Pacific, that's 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. We really do uh, love being here with you. I'm Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach, and again, this is Star Style, be the star you are. Well, in this segment, I wanted to talk to you about some of the pitfalls as well as the joys of a family business. Many, many people are in business together as a family, and it can be a most wonderful, wonderful experience. And it can also be disastrous. So there are some tips that can help you to make it more on the happy times as opposed to the disaster times. I know in my family, in uh, our, our farm, let's see how many generations. First, my grandfather uh, was a farmer and then he brought my dad on. So that was the second generation. Then my dad brought my brother on, and of course, all of us worked on it too. But my brother is the main, the main uh, person. So there we go with three. And now my dad is gone, but my brother and his son are working at four. And now that uh, the kids are having kids, who knows? The younger, the next generation might be there too. So we're up to five generations. And everybody seems to get along great so far. But I think it's because there were some guidelines laid down in the beginning. The same thing with Heather and I with this radio show is we've been working together um, as co-hosts since 1998. We seem to be able to finish each other's sentences. And at times when uh, she, she's not here, of course, I'm doing the show uh, on my own, or You know, she can do uh, her segments, but it's just, it's been wonderful. We really, we look forward to it. And when she's not around, I really miss her. But employee dynamics always can provide some challenges, no matter if it is family or uh, if it's hired workers. But when the workers are your siblings or your spouses, your children or your parents, you know, the daily grind can become even a bit more complicated It can get a little bit sticky, and at best, I think families, they get to enjoy collaborating as they earn their living, but in the worst case scenario, family members can have a sense of entitlement, and they might feel like they can't get fired, so they're just going to be lax or take time off or not work along with their um, other family members for the benefit of the business. But by recognizing any potential pitfalls up front, you're going to avoid conflicts. Because family businesses can enjoy that unique advantage of working around the clock together. But it could also be a disadvantage. So boundaries between home and the workplace have to be set. Otherwise, you're going to have some tension. Um, you're going to have you know, people sitting around the dinner table talking about work. And there's never going to be an off switch. So we do have to set that. We have to decide that there's an an off switch. For many of you who work at home, I'm sure that you have like business hours. When I have to work from uh, my home office as opposed to my studio in town, I have a time limit where when I will walk out of the office. And I literally lock the door. And that means to me I cannot go back in because loving my work the way I do, I would go back in and I would just keep, you know, sending out the emails, I would be responding, blah, 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 and then that takes away from family time. So you have to know the difficulties of shutting down work when you get home, and especially shutting down work at the dinner table. If you're working with your spouse, you have to think about that, that you are going to be with them 24 hours a day just about, or all your waking hours. And you're not going to have a break that a typical couple would have. So when it comes to the family table, are you going to have something interesting to talk about, you know, about your day? Because your day has maybe been fairly similar. So you, we have to decide what are you going to talk about. Maybe you just have to say there's not going to be any work talk at the table. Now, even co-worker relatives who don't live together, they have to stay away from the pitfalls including a lack of clearly defined roles and responsibilities. So a lot of times in a family business, nobody knows what their role or responsibility is other than that they're a family a member who is employed by the family business. And people might just pick up and do you know, what needs to be done so that things don't fall through the cracks. But in the long run, things probably do fall through the cracks because there's no uh, set person that is assigned to doing a certain responsibility. So jobs and responsibilities need to be based on individual strengths. And that means that detail-oriented people would manage finances. While someone who loves customer service um, and is not good at manager uh, logistics, or they could be in sales. And in the end, and occasionally it may make more sense to actually hire somebody who's a non-relative who can do the job well than fighting over who isn't doing a job well in the family. And, you know, this is, uh, this is interesting, too, because uh, even when it's not family, when I was writing Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul and had my other four co-authors Um, The first thing that I did when I was assigned the team is I sent out an email to everyone and said, list your strengths, your weaknesses, what you want to do, what you don't want to do, and what you would do if, you know, if you have to. I mean, what are you willing to do? And that worked out so incredibly well because the five of us had different strengths and, uh, and different weaknesses. I obviously was the media personality and had a lot of television and radio experience uh, and somebody else had more editing experience. Somebody else was better with photographs. Somebody else was better at reading stories and coming up with great endings to them. You know, so it was, it's, it was very interesting. One of the other people was good at compiling things. So each person did what they knew best how to do And the book became a New York Times bestseller. So we worked like a family. And we worked together. And we really didn't overstep boundaries. And so for the two years that we were writing this book, we didn't have arguments or anything. We just did what we knew how to do best. And we came up with a bestseller. So that, I think, is the tip that we can use in our families as well. If we allow people to be the stars they are and do what they're really great at, then it's going to be a good thing for everyone. Now, if you do have to hire employees, uh, you really it's very critical that you would treat non-family workers the same as family members by offering equal adv- advancement opportunities, you know, equal pay. Otherwise, you're going to have some resentment. There's always going to be that idea of, uh, you know, that, oh, well, he's the son of, so that's why he got that job. Or, you know, she's married too, so that's why she's getting the raise. And that nepotism never really works. I know we have it a lot in the entertainment industry. And it just upsets people when you audition for a job and then you find out that somebody who's a family member ended up getting the part. You know, you feel like, wow, I've been working all these years as an actor. And then they just give it to somebody because they're in the you know, they're part of the family. Uh, generational uh, differences uh, may kick up some dust too. So we have to think about that. Like baby boomer boomers might have spent decades building that family business. And baby boomers might be reluctant to update the daily operations when their adult children begin taking on leadership roles. Now, that millennial generation, they look at things so differently than we baby boomers did. And so when the younger generation comes up, parents might have a hard time transitioning to business because they're not sure that their younger generation is going to run the business in the same way that they did well guess what it's true they're not going to run it the same way the younger generation will have modern ideas they'll have current technology solutions and that's what's going to allow the business to grow and succeed because business today is so different than it was even just a few years ago and again on a personal level I can say that about a Be The Star You Are charity. All the innovations that have been made have not been made by me as the founder and executive director. They have been consistently made by the, uh, the, the volunteers that and the young volunteers. I'm talking about teen volunteers who have come on board and have said, hey, why don't we try this? Let's do a Letters for Literacy. Let's do a Trick or Treat for Literacy. You know, it's been amazing. Uh, books, let's list books on Amazon. They come up with so many great ideas. So I have just embraced the, uh, the fact that whenever a volunteer comes on, I let them know, hey, your, your ideas and thoughts and brainstorming is very valued. So let me know what you need. Now, finding balance. You know, it takes a finesse to find balance between making employee relatives feel heard, and running a professional shop. So we do have to know that we got to ensure the roles and responsibilities are clearly defined by putting job descriptions in writing, and that goes for family members as well as outside employees. We have to match individuals' abilities, skills, and interests to their role in the business. We have to keep emotionally charged family matters out of the workplace and stay professional whenever we're on the clock. We have to treat family and non-family members, employees with the same fairness, consideration and respect and make the decision that it is best for the business even if someone's feelings get hurt. So it always has to be the business is first and that that is really key. So to juggle so many opinions of family members, we have to learn to create this balance between allowing employees to have a voice through an open door policy and doing what's best for the company. Think, run the business as a business first and as a family-owned business second. So don't think of it as a family-owned business, just think of it as a business. And bosses need to make logical decisions rather than emotional ones, even when family members' feelings are on the line. So in addition, staff at all levels have to keep their family issues, their rivalries, and their feuds at bay during work hours, and that can be kind of hard because if you've ever been around a Thanksgiving table with your family, and I'm sure you all have, with you know, it, there's all kinds of emotions running wild. There's all kinds of discussions, and sometimes we really do butt heads on business dis- decisions, on politics, religion just on the way people dress, but we have to part ways when it comes to work. So at work, we stay professional. If you want to fight it out in the parking lot later, then that's your business. In the end, family and non-family employees alike have to respect the business decisions of the boss because that's where having a tough skin helps. You don't have to care that much if someone's feelings get hurt. But it definitely, in a family, would get awkward around those Thanksgiving dinners, the holiday dinners. And if you're living with the person, around dinners just in general. And we got to keep the family unity together. So in exchange for workplace drama, family members, they do bring a passion, a loyalty, a commitment, and usually integrity to the family business. Most people will say that they'll trust their family more than they trust anyone else. Obviously, that's not true for every family, but you usually know your family member is watching your back. I know when I was a kid, my parents uh, used to always tell us, you know, that that saying, you know, blood is thicker than water. And when my two sisters or my couple brothers and I when we would any of us would fight, she would just always say that they would say that um that we had to stick together, we were family, and it was so interesting, we could be having a dropout fight calling each other names, and a friend might take one of our sides, and immediately we would all gang up on the friend, it would be like, wait a minute, we're family, we get to argue, but nobody can say anything bad about my brother or my sister. So in addition, let's see, um, no one knows your personality as well as your strengths and your weaknesses better than your family, So family is going to tend to be more straightforward and they're probably going to jump in with an idea while employees might be a little more conservative, a little more skeptical, a little bit less um, um, forthcoming with their ideas. So once you have a balance of personalities in a business to keep things on an even keel, you should be able to work together with people you care about and you can offer job satisfaction like no other You know, there's nobody I'd rather work with on this radio show than my daughter, Heather Brittany. She's always prepared. I never have to ask her, you know, a second time. I mean, she's just ready to rock. So it's really a dream come true to work together. So think about it. If you are in a family business, think about that family unity. Think about creating balance And then you will avoid any of the pitfalls to the family business, and hopefully you will have major success. So, now getting back to the poems that I want to read to you. This is another one that has water in it. It's by James Foley. And again, it sort of speaks to that idea of being no one's indispensable and the idea of the ripples that we create. It's called Drop a Petal in the Water. Drop a pebble in the water just a splash and it's gone, but there's half a hundred ripples circulating on and on, spreading and spreading from the center, flowing on out to the sea. There's no way of telling where the end is going to be. Drop a petal in the water and in a minute you forget, but there's little waves of flowing, there's ripples circling yet. And those little waves of flowing to a great big wave have grown. You've disturbed a mighty river just by dropping in a stone. Drop an unkind word, or a careless one, in a minute it is gone, but there's half a hundred ripples circling on and on. They keep spreading, spreading, spreading from the center as they go, and there's no way to stop them once you've started them to flow. Drop an unkind word, or careless, in a minute that you forget, but there's Little waves a flowing and there's ripples circling yet. And perhaps in some sad heart, a mighty wave of tears you've stirred and disturbed a life that was happy since you dropped that unkind word. But drop a word of cheer and kindness, just a flash and it's gone. But there's half a hundred ripples circling on and on and on. Bearing hope and joy and comfort on each splashing, dashing wave till you wouldn't believe the volume of the one kind word you gave. Drop a word of cheer and kindness in a minute, you forget. But there's a gladness, still a swelling, and there's a joy, a circling yet. And you've rolled a wave of comfort whose sweet music can be heard over miles and miles of water by just dropping one kind word. And with that, I just want to leave you with one last uh, saying that I've always taught my kids. And I truly believe that we need to incorporate this into our hearts. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will break our hearts. So don't leave any sticks and stones out there. Always think enthusiastically, be positive and spread joy my name is Cynthia Bryan you're listening to Star Style Be The Star You Are we'll be back in just a bit we have much more to come and in the meantime you may want to check out our our charity site at BeTheStarYouAre.org thank you for joining me I'll be right back don't go away be The
1: Star You Are The Star You Are
4: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
3: Are leaders born or are they created? Leadership is earned. It is not something you were born with or a title that comes with a job. Leadership doesn't just happen. It is learned and earned. To become a leader, you need to develop essential traits. A few of the characteristics of leaders include uncompromising integrity and a desire to always do the right thing. Energy and enthusiasm are necessary as well as love for the work at hand. Leaders must be goal-oriented and have the courage to work to make those goals a reality. Leaders surround themselves with smart people and encourage the people under their care. And leaders never stop learning because they know that learning transforms to earning. And here at Be The Star You Are Charity, our motto is to be a leader, you must be a reader. Read, lead, succeed. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit star-style.com. Or call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-7827 to schedule your consultation.
2: Be the star you are, light up the flames, it burns.
0: Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be The Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women. Families and youth. Visit be the star to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts.
1: Donate today. Be the star Be the lucky star you
3: Kindness rules. kindness rolls, and enthusiasm will get you places. Just remember, being enthusiastic it really helps you to soar to the stars because it is so contagious. When you're enthusiastic, obviously, you're excited, you're smiling, and you're helping others to see on the bright side. Well, when we think about positive, we don't really think about negative, right? But when we are in the internet world these days we're part of technology we're going to get some negative reader reviews from time to time whether it's on a blog or whether it's on uh, Facebook or whether you know it's, it's at your website or an email and we never know what we should be doing about them is it something that you should respond to what do you do when someone bashes your product your service or even your person on social media. So, we need to look at some empowering ways to respond to turn that negative into a positive. So, what I have my experience is that when you get a negative review or anything negative, you might be really disappointed in it, but it is best not to focus on it. And usually, it's best not to respond. Perhaps if you are going to respond, you respond with a smile and a thank you and a message that would agree with an assessment. If someone says, oh, I was really disappointed in your book. It didn't add up to the, you know, it wasn't as good as the last one. You know, you could you could say, thank you so much for responding. I really enjoyed writing this book. I'm sorry you didn't find it to be as good as the last one. But stay tuned, more to come. Or if somebody says something about, um, and something, a product that maybe there was a flaw to it, you might want to agree with something that happens, but always just thank them. Now, should you respond to something that's confusing or a misleading review of your your book, your product, your service? No, probably not. Many people will tell you that you should never respond to neg- negative reviews, and That's probably the correct answer 98% of the time. But 2% of the situations when you might want to reconsider responding would include when you want to thank somebody for just even taking the time to uh, look at your product or to write that review or to get in touch with you. You know, uh, uh, you might just thank them for a helpful suggestion. Or when you want to correct an uh, inaccuracy. Maybe you did make a mistake, and you could say, "Wow, I'm really glad you pointed this out. You're right. You know, this wasn't the, my my best effort. But uh, keep you know keep tuned in, and we're going to continue. And I'm sure you're going to help. You're going to help me keep on track, or something like that, so that you make them uh, feel like they are absolutely heard. Now, when you shouldn't respond. And these are situations when you absolutely should never respond. They include some that meet criteria that uh, probably you already know about. But in general, you're better off not responding to any negative reviews. So just don't feel bad about ignoring those that you don't like. You know, have a bowl of ice cream and move on. When the review you don't like is on one of the, the major uh, Internet sites, you know it's still better not to contact anybody because like for example if there's something I know like on Amazon there's a lot of times people can post something that's not so nice and it's weird I mean I remember oh this is a long time ago but we had a book it wasn't one of my books but we had sold a book on Amazon through our outreach program our book service through Be The Star You Are and but uh, we, you know, we didn't write the book. We just had it on there. It was very inexpensive. And somebody was really upset when they got the book because they didn't like the book. They, and it wasn't our service they didn't like. They didn't like what was written in the book. And we, we didn't know quite how to respond. But what we did is we did let them know that we didn't write it, that we just were the book sellers of the book. But we appreciated them uh, contacting us. But uh, most sites, you know, like Goodreads or Amazon, they don't want you to connect with those people. So it's probably better not to. Now, when you get a review that is angry or hostile, nothing good is going to come from responding in any way, in any situation. So just completely, completely ignore it. I remember a couple of years ago when Yahoo did... um, That wonderful—it was the ultimate surprise television show, and it was the surprise engagement of actually my daughter Heather and her now husband. Uh, And it was—it was just such a great story, you know, where there was a fire that was faked, and she thought she was going, uh, just to she thought she was going to meet uh, clients for "Be the Star You Are," and instead, uh, there was—it was her husband coming. He's a firefighter on a fire truck and um, making a proposal and it was really great well it was like it got all these rave reviews but there were a couple people who wrote some kind of nasty things about what using taxpayers dollars for the fire truck and uh, my son-in-law responded no it was all Hollywood Yahoo it was all you know Hollywood equipment Uh, Yahoo paid for everything nobody was just uh, you know, disoriented or put out, and nobody's dollars, tax dollars were used, but it, that didn't answer it. It's like some people just want to be nasty, and so finally it was like, you know what? Just don't even respond to that. Just let them, you know, just let them say whatever they want to say. It doesn't really matter now because sometimes there's a chip on somebody's shoulder, and it's very, very evident that somebody just wants to have a fight. So when you find that somebody wants to have a fight or they want to get their information out there, it is better not to respond. And how likely are these negative uh, reviews going to affect you? Like that could be on Yelp or TripAdvisor or any of that. I think, you know, a few one- and two-star reviews, they might reassure people that uh, feedback is honest and authentic. But what if you'll notice when you read a review, if you read how well they're written, you can usually tell the authentic reviews and the ones that are just from people who have a bone to pick or who just want to be nasty or who just want to get their voice out there even though it is negative. Because normally those reviews are poorly written. So I know that when I go to Yelp or TripAdvisor especially, these are two sites that I use quite often, to, um, to read reviews to see what people are saying and how they're saying it and whether this would be a good train to take or is that a good restaurant or is this business fair? I read not just one or two. I read lots of reviews. And the ones that I count as being authentic are the ones that are well written and they seem very objective and once in a while a well written one is a one or two stars but they're not accusing they're not uh, saying this is a terrible business i'll never visit it again it, they usually will say my experience this time was you know less than stellar i i really look, was looking forward to this five star adventure and instead you know everything fell apart so you have the idea that they're trying to be fair about it So read through the lines whenever you're reading reviews. And if you're going to write reviews, just remember, just like in that poem that I read you a little bit earlier, that once something's out there in cyberspace, you can never take it back. It might be taken off of one site, but who's to say it's not on a thousand other sites? So don't even write something. And if you're angry with somebody sleep on it for a night (laughs) Uh, the next morning you could go ahead and write it so you get it out of your system but don't push the send button the next morning take a look at it again see how you feel but just attempt of all possible that anything that you're going to put out there for the world to um, see to imbibe that it is going to have a positive spin to it because your words are going to be who you are, and you're going to be seen by as that person. So, if you want to be, you know, energetic, enthusiastic, passionate, professional, and really get things done in life, you don't want to miss the chance to be positive. So, be positive. So, with uh, Don't Miss the Chance, I have another poem I w- had planned to read to you it's by Michael Josephson, and this is a character counts it says don't miss the chance to read reading stretches your mind and strengthens your heart don't miss the chance to think thinking yields understanding and wisdom don't miss the chance to learn learning empowers and enlarges you don't miss the chance to dream dreams give your imagination wings Don't miss the chance to feel. Feeling paints your hours and days in vibrant colors. Don't miss the chance to remember. Memories are the museum of your past. Don't miss the chance to try. Trying is the first step to every achievement. Don't miss the chance to change. Change is challenge. Don't miss the chance to work. Work gives you independence and fills your days with purpose. Don't miss the chance to serve. Service is the surest road to personal fulfillment. Don't miss the chance to smile. Smiles sprinkle sunshine wherever they land. And don't miss the chance to laugh, because laughter is music that makes your troubles dance. Don't miss the chance to give. Giving is the best form of getting. And don't miss the chance to love, because love opens your heart and fills it with joy. And I just think that is a very powerful, powerful a presentation of, uh, of character and how important it is because we really are who we say we are. We are what our words are. We are what our deeds are. And character is everything. Now, one last one before I'm going to have to close for today. And this is called If by Rudyard Kipling. And you may know it already, but another one that is in in my arsenal of keeping me up positive and energetic. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream, and not make dreams your master, if you can think, and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet triumph and disaster, and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to, broken, and stoop and build them up with worn out tools if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your long turn after they are gone And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth, of distance run. Yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Well, thank you for being great listeners and being here with me every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Network where we can help you make your dreams come true. My aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. And we want you to read a book this week because it's like a garden in your pocket. And until next week when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. Check us out at BeTheStarYouAre.org and Star-Style.com. My name is Cynthia Bryan, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Create, inspire, make a difference, and be here next week. Thanks for joining me.
1: Star you are Be the star you are you are the
0: star It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program Star Style be, be the star, star you are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within.